Welcome to this episode of My Wife is a Therapist. I'm Carice and I'm a therapist. I'm Carlisle and I'm Carice's husband. This podcast combines the hilarity of drama with honest conversations between Carlisle and I. All capped with professional relationship tips from a therapist. Me, me, that's me. <laughs> Let's get into it. The following may or may not have happened. Hey, Carice. This thing just crossed my mind. You know what I really love about our marriage? What? Our toilet always clean. <laughs> Girl, you mean the toilet always clean? I mean, it don't get dirty and we don't got argue about who are clean it, you know, like some other couples <laughs> that we see on TV and so. <laughs> so you think the toilet is just stay just so and it's just be clean? I don't clean it. I don't <laughs> see you cleaning it. So it's a reasonable assumption. I'm glad, you know, you don't clean it. So I guess it's the same thing with everything else, right? The sheets don't need washing. For the moment last you change your towel. Towel has got changed. Let us be drying off my clean skin so the towel always clean. <laughs> oh my God. So towels don't need changing or cleaning. You really hearing yourself? We really know about what is going on in a house, boy. You could do anything around the house. Will your parents have to teach you when you're growing up? Well, it's that time again, folks. We'll be bigging up persons who've been tuning in and reaching out and giving us feedback. Listen to the end to find out how you can get in touch with us. This week, we're shouting out... Victoria. Vicky is someone I view as a straight shooter and says what she thinks. So I was very elated when she listened to our podcast and gave us positive feedback. After listening to episode one, she had to clarify whether it was actually a real story. If you want to hear Carissa's Bridezilla story, check out that episode. She then commented, it was very exciting to listen to and the advice afterwards was priceless. Vicky, thanks for listening, engaging and encouraging. Your feedback made us smile. Vicky? You stopped us. Yup, that's out. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you definitely know that that didn't happen in that, <laughs> or we did in that, in that play, in that drama, in that skit. That didn't happen, right? Oh my gosh. I know what happens in a house. <laughs> yes, you When I help out around the house. Yes, you certainly do. <laughs> So I got the idea for that script from Twitter. So I was on Twitter day mm. and I think this person tweeted that she lived with this guy, right? And they were going out a day. And I think she was like, I'm just coming just now and I'm cleaning out the toilet. <laughs> and he said, why are you cleaning the toilet? <laughs> and she said, well, what do you mean why I'm cleaning the toilet? And he said, well, the toilet always clean. <laughs> so he had no idea. The toilet the needs toilet to be clean. requires cleaning. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's what happens with some people when they grow up sheltered or you don't think about certain things. If your mother or your father, if your parents are doing all the chores around mm. the house and you don't see them doing certain chores, it probably doesn't cross your mind that this, is oh, a thing to th do. this has to be done. Yeah. Mm. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. And it's, it's the internet as well. So people could just be making up stories, yeah. <laughs> right? But it was very funny. I guess if, if your parent is a stay-at-home parent and you go to school and you come home, things are typically done. So you don't necessarily know what was done and like if everything is done and there are no chores for you to do or if you have maybe extra help or something at home 
those kinds of things just go out of your mind yeah and i guess things that you think are obvious they're not obvious to other people like for example i lived with this guy one day he said to us he was very excited he said you, you know what i just discovered you know if you put the cover on the pot <laughs> while the water is boiling it boils faster <laughs> <laughs> So he just yeah. discovered that. So I think also coming in line with this topic as well is that people should have a chance to live on their own mm-hmm. at some point. That that probably will help you to mature a bit, especially if you live with your parents and stuff. If you live on your own, you realize things that you never thought about. <laughs> as things that you never thought about has mm-hmm. to be done. I think that's really valuable. I think um, going off to university was a big learning curve for me. Not because I didn't know how to do things, but because there were other things that I never had to do that came into my awareness. For example, budgeting. Um, budgeting, how are you going to you know, buy groceries? How are you going to, I suppose, plan for various aspects of, of life? I guess I used to get some money sometime, but I didn't have like a, like a regular allowance per se. I used to save up money towards something. But when I was at university, that was like a different kind of thing because like this is all the money you get in. <laughs> and yeah. it was a really good introduction to adulthood. And also, I think learning how to make decisions on my own without checking in with somebody else was also f- quite valuable. And I just am thinking of how our culture at home in Guyana is not such that you would leave before you even get married. Yeah. So unless your parents have actually been incorporating or giving you chores and those those kinds of things, which I think is quite common at home. But if your parents don't do that, when you leave home, <laughs> gosh, it's like kind of being thrown in the deep end, I suppose. Yeah, yeah that's true. So the, the topic for this, this podcast came about when I was washing one day. So I wasn't washing. I was going to put some clothes into the washing machine. <laughs> you were doing laundry. I don't know what it is. It's not washing. <laughs> and I thought to myself... Most likely, my children are going to be born and, gr- and they're going to grow up in a house with a washing machine. Mm. So, should my children learn how to hand wash their clothing? Mm. Because that's something that I was taught to do, yeah. right? And and also, in my early years, I didn't we didn't have a washing machine. So, my, 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 my mother was always with a scrubbing board and a brush and hand washing things, right? Mm. So, we learned like that. We saw parents doing that. And then, in our later years, we got a washing machine and we learned to use that. Mm. So, I was thinking, what's the point of teaching my children How to, to hand wash, wash. Yeah. yeah. Should they learn that? Do you think it, our children should learn to hand wash? I think so. Why? Because you just never know. Sometimes the washing machine might break down. Well, I guess also <laughs> there are certain things that can be machine washes, exactly, right? Okay, yeah. well, other than that, right? Generally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think you know, things happen and you don't know what their life is going to be made up of. They might have to go somewhere on a trip or something. Something might happen. They fall in a trench. I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> And the clothes get dirty and they need to so wash it. So they're going to take off the clothes and wash it? Well, no, what? listen, hear me out. Let's say our kids, right, they go off somewhere on a work trip, right? And while they're out, they're staying in a hotel, yeah. sitting on a washing machine. Oh, no, they would have a laundry service there, no? Yeah. But anyway, the point is, you wherever they are, happen. you, you never, never know. know. Okay. Right? So something happens, their top that they really need to wear for this interview or event or something gets dirty. And they need to wash it. They could wash it. And just hang it out in the, the bathroom in the hotel. But they don't know how you even do this. How you that you got to soak it down a little. That's if there is a stain on the thing, you got to get rid of the stain first. Or at least, nip, as we say, nip it out first. And then soak it and those sorts of things. I think that that's, that's a valuable skill to have. Even if you never have to use it. Or you don't have to use it as often. Like, What's the point of a skill if you don't have to use it though? It's in your back pocket. If you have a skill in your back pocket that you're not using, mm. you lose it basically. You get it gets duller and duller, and then you, it's like you don't know how to do it though. 
When last you had a hand wash something? I don't know. Well, well, you can still do it. Yeah. If God forbid, God please, please. <laughs> if our washing machine and dryer breaks down in this in this apartment. Yeah. You're okay. Mm-hmm. You could wash your clothes. Good, but that's because we probably wouldn't. But you know. Well, I guess because um, I've done it a lot since. Mm. Well, I guess I guess I'm arguing against myself when I said you don't. <laughs> You lose it once you don't use it. Yeah. But still, if you have children and you teach them, you're not going to be teaching them to wash clothes every day. No. You're probably going to show them once or twice and they probably yeah. wouldn't do it or they probably might do it once or twice. And then after that, what's going to happen? Anyway, you could YouTube anything, eh? You can. And I'm just thinking about my context as well. So we didn't have a washing machine, but I was one of those whose my mom was at home all the time. So I hard, I think I could count to my hand how many times I actually washed my own clothes. Mm. But I knew how to do it because my mother took time to teach me how to do it. I wasn't washing clothes every month, <laughs> but when I got married and we didn't have a washing machine as yet, I knew how to do it. I knew how to handle myself. When I went to university, though, I had to also learn how to use the washing machine because I'd never had one. Okay. So that was a whole skill that I didn't... I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh gosh, I can break down the people washing machine. Thank God, I got paid for it. <laughs> kind of thing. And I was so nervous. I don't even think I actually asked anybody to show me. I used to go in the laundry room when people were using it and just kind of side-eye and yeah. see what they're doing. I remember feeling a little embarrassed about that because it was like, oh crap, I didn't have a washing machine and that's not something that's very common or was very common at the time. Yeah, it was it was a very uncomfortable thing. I'm, I'm not saying that it's something's wrong with feeling uncomfortable, but I just remember thinking if I did know this skill, even if I didn't have a washing machine, I would have not had to go through that kind of discomfort, I guess. Two things I remember... Or I thought of when you said that. One was, I remember in university, there was this guy who said, I didn't know you have to, because in university, um, the washing machines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I didn't know you had to separate colors from the whites. (laughs) (laughs) And that is so... University is such a lot of experience for some people. The first time away from home. Yeah, I remember in in Friends when Rachel was doing her... (laughs) Yeah. Rachel was doing her laundry and Ross was asking her if she was going to separate her clothes. And she said, um... Oh, wait, so do I use one machine for my underwear and another machine for my tops or something like that? And he's like, uh, no, you have to separate them by color. For her, she had never had to do that, yeah? And I suppose some people never have to. And it's probably not something that you would really sit down and process, okay, (laughs) if I put a red sock, which Rachel did, in with my whites, then it's likely going to run. People must don't even know that cloth does run. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. I wonder what's the term here for that run. Oh, run. Oh, I, Explain yeah. what it is. Something runs if color comes out of it. Yeah, in the water. So, you say if it washes with something of a different color, it can affect the color of that fabric. Affect, yeah. So, if you put a red sock in with a white thing, the sock might run, which means that it would give off the red coloring. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that translated. Yeah, and, not, and as you were explaining there as well about your embarrassment about not knowing how to mm. use a washing machine, I thought about something that we're working very hard so that our children can have a better life than we had. Mm-hmm. They can be comfortable, right? Hopefully, mm-hmm. they can be comfortable. So that means they probably wouldn't know to do some very hard or probably menial tasks that we learned to do when we were younger. Mm-hmm. So now they grew up and they grew up comfortable, and then people now or the society is um, is. Um, is oriented in such a way that persons who grew up comfortable mm. are usually like looked down upon, yeah. even though everybody's working for a better standard of living. Yeah. But if someone um, gets that standard of living and they grew up privileged or whatever, somehow people look down upon them because they didn't grow up in a tough situation. 
<laughs> yeah, so my point is, growing up privileged, you have access to certain things. For example, you didn't have a washing machine. So someone, our child probably would know what a washing machine does from quite small because they, mm. it's, it's going to be around them and they're going to see it. And they're going to learn to use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is a valuable skill and should be and should be celebrated because yeah. someone else doesn't know to operate a certain different types of machinery or technology because they don't yeah. have access to it. Yes, it's definitely, you know, allowing people to have those kinds of exposures to both sides of the coin, like learning to do yeah. the little things that can build up to these big things and learning to um, walk. Oh, you know, was one skill I don't think my children need. Yeah, was this? And I I, I paused because. <laughs> I hope no Guyanese is going to judge you. Judge me for this. And let's actually, hear. I don't care. Okay, let's hear it. I don't think my children need to learn how to make a cake from scratch. Okay. Because. That's a that's badge of Bet- honor. Betty, Bet- Betty Crocker is for. <laughs> it is a badge of honor. And it's also hurt your shoulder like for no reason. Or to mix the cake. Mix but the you have cake. a cake mixer though. You do have a cake yeah. mixer, but still. Right? Like, especially when you're making um, black cake, mm-hmm. right? It's all that mixing to make the base. And then you're adding in all these things and all that. Some of that you have to stir with, with your hand, right? Uh, that's another thing. Like, do they have to learn how to make a cake without a mixer? Those kinds of things. It's like, why? I remember being told when I was having to do that, stirring the butter, stirring the butter. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. My shoulder hurting because my hands are quite small. That's so hard like, work. It, it is Because yeah, my mother used to bake a lot of cakes and we <laughs> yeah. just had... We, we were mixing it for her yeah. and then we just do the mixing and then and I was before so we before you had to mix it with a spoon and then after she had to mix um the, the cake mixer, mixer that yeah. you could have used but before you had to use a spoon and, oh and stir gosh. it and that was that was a lot of work oh lord so basically if if actually i'm i'm saying this uh, or we're talking about this and it's, it's making me wonder if people actually do make cakes from yeah i suppose bakers would mm. <laughs> i don't know anybody right now who makes cakes from scratch other than Bacchus maybe <laughs> they got Bacchus but it's yeah it's, it's a lot of work and I used to be told you have to learn how to do this so that you're gonna be able to do it when you get big and I just kept thinking I am not going to be doing this <laughs> one I like box cake mm-hmm. I don't care what nobody say I love my a little Betty Crocker <laughs> I love it. But then you wouldn't be making Guyanese sponge cake for your children then. And I'm very happy with that. They can go home to granny. Yeah. And they can get sponge cake from From Guyanese Guyanese sponge cake. (laughs) Because there's no sponge cake like a Guyanese sponge cake. Now, I know how to do it. And maybe I would. Maybe I would do it just for the fun of it or just to, you know, expose them to something that's very Guyanese, I suppose. I mean, I think that's probably not unique to Guyana, but certainly it's part of our experience growing up that you learn how to do those kinds of things. But yeah, I don't know that my kids need to learn how to do that. I used to also hear people say things like, um, you know, when I was small, I used to got to walk, you know, walk far too. Yep. And I was like, yeah, because you didn't have another option. You know, they had much, especially in the countryside, yeah? They had much transportation running, so you had to walk. You, you had know, to so go. some people couldn't afford it even if they had transportation. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, I, and I'm and i okay with that, you know, and I respect that. But if I could catch a bus, you tell me why, if I'm not like trying to deliberately get exercise, right? But Guyana is so hot. Walking in the hot sun, I mean, like, yeah, I, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> but I think those stories are quite good as well. Because mm. I guess sometimes your parents use it as a way to tell you that how fortunate you are. Yeah. 
right? And then some people can use it as like a badge of honor. Oh, we did this and you didn't have to do this. So your life is, so you're soft now because mm. you didn't go through these things. But I think it's also important that the younger generation, they have some awareness of what their parents went through. Maybe so they can appreciate it. Yeah. Because yeah. I think back and I'm happy. I'm grateful for the sacrifices my parents made to help mm. me to, to help us to have the life that we had, right? Even though I guess they kept working hard and they wanted us to, to do, to be better and do better. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for the sacrifices and I'm glad that I know some of it. Mm. Yeah, like I'm thinking. My father was always, <laughs> he grew up in the countryside as well, and mm. he had to, I think before school and probably like after school as well, he always had to look after cattle and go and find the goats and the sheep yeah. and kong them and, and, the, and the kind of stuff. And he, he told me how much times about how many times he got called away from cricket games or from oh playing cricket with his God. friends because <laughs> it was time to bring the, 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 the cattle home. The yeah. Home, yeah. I'm thinking of something as simple also as this was a really useful skill for me as a little girl and that I suppose I benefit from now as now that I'm an adult learning how to travel I had to do that in the initial stages because I didn't have a choice yeah um the three of us and I had to catch bus from very early by myself I think I was six or something oh really yeah yeah catching bus so I learned the route my mother took time to teach us and stuff and then my brother used to do it jeez six that's very young and I was very tiny yeah but yeah and it was I wasn't scared actually um, well, you're not gonna be scared is all you know though, that's isn't all it? I know yeah. right but it was I learned how to do that and then I suppose now I'm okay with using google maps to go and figure out where I'm going and stuff even though sometimes it's get lost and won't cry that still happens but it's just that I had to do it because there was no other way my mother couldn't afford to pay a driver to go and take me to school and and all that but then I thought as I grew up I just thought I wouldn't actually want my kids to have to do that because of how things have changed you know Um, when I was a little girl sometimes I used to also spend out my money and walk home (laughs) this was far (laughs) children oh my goodness (laughs) I remember one time I walked from from Stella Maris to Hatfield Street (laughs) and my my uncle because I know he's always giving me money yeah (laughs) he said Uncle Johnny um I lost my money. <laughs> and he said, Grace, you don't have my number. Why you walk from till there? You know, little girls is get kidnapped. He was mortified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he told me, don't you ever do that again? Of course I did it again, but I didn't go back by he. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I used to, um, either I was saving up my money so I could buy something or I wanted to buy um, Brockteat <laughs> or snow cone or they used to have these long icicles yeah, yeah. in the thing outside. So, yeah, I mean, but it was it was a skill that I had to learn in order to survive. And I'm grateful for it, but I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure that I would want Chrysanthi either. Catching bus. Well, I mean, she's she's going to be, what, nine now? That's a bit diff- different, but still, Guyana is a different place now, I think. So, yeah. Six is quite young, but you had to do it. Mm. But also because my parents, they had, my father had a vehicle, so yeah. he dropped us around as well. But there was a point when he like, okay, you guys need to learn how to... When we say catch buses, it's basically using the public transportation system. Yeah. You need to learn how to do this. So mm-hmm. my parents would take me on the, on the buses. Yeah, so you could I would teach us and mm. learn, and we would learn how to do it. And then after a while, at certain ages, in secondary school, we had to do it at different times. So that we were familiarized with how to use the public transportation system. And also, as our schedules got busier, our parents couldn't couldn't keep up with us because we yeah. had this activity and that activity and they had their things going on as well. So we had to be able to be self-sufficient. So it's, I think, when you have a certain level of privilege or you're comfortable or you have certain things at your disposal, you still need to be able to teach your children mm-hmm. to um, be self-sufficient to some degree because... Yeah. 
You don't know what, what situation you're going to end up in. Yeah, absolutely. I remember being in Trinidad for school and Padre used to come. Well, he used to drive every Saturday faithfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that drive from Point Fortin to Santa Cruz is well, about three hours, I think. So he used to come pick me up Saturday, take me back Saturday evening and then bring me back Monday morning. Back and forth, back and forth. And then one day I decided like a goat that I think I decided I can go with Nataki. I think I traveled home with her and he was like, oh, huh? you could travel. You could travel. <laughs> <laughs> no more pickups to you. No. Well, I still used to get pickups, yeah. But but it was awesome. You know, he, he did ease off a little and said, you know, it's okay. Yeah, you could you could travel if you, if you want. Mm. And I think it was really good. It was good for me to learn how to do that to the point where I became really comfortable with the transportation system and if things happened I w- I didn't feel stranded I didn't feel like I needed somebody to come pick me up in order for me to get around so yeah I think you know you just never know what life is going to hold for your kids so yeah it's really important to be able to learn skills so that they could just make it you just you're not always going to be able to rescue them so yeah expose them to stuff if you were to think of things that you really want your kids to do now though what would those kinds of skills be? Play cricket, be good at music. You serious? Yeah. If they don't want to. No, that's, so that's what I want them to be good at. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I'm sure if they grew up seeing me play cricket or seeing me watch cricket or seeing me they play music, be part of it. they can just, it's there. So, mm. for example, growing up, we had loads, we had bookshelves and also loads of books. Mm. And nobody didn't tell me for read, but you just go and sit down and you just take out the books and you're going through the books. And after a while, I liked reading. Yeah. I think my children need to learn how to cook. Well, yeah. Well, I would say obviously because for me it's like you have to. You <laughs> if you eat, you gotta know to cook. <laughs> you gotta know to cook, yeah. But I mean, I guess in this kind of time, it might not be absolutely necessary because if they're working for money, or I don't know what life is going to look like in the next whatever years, there might be services that deliver healthy food. Probably some of them might get even cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah might not be necessary to do that but i do think it's important to learn how to cook and cook for yourself cook healthy food cook food that you want and like you have to learn how to clean mm-hmm. and just those like basic responsibility kind of things i'm not going to be a mother who is doing everything for my kids i don't think i think that robs children of being able to learn and it's not that i mean i think life is what it is and like i said you know you just never know how things will go and sometimes you do need help that's okay, but I do think it's important for children to have chores. So anything that is necessary for survival, I think is important for them to learn how to do. That can be a very broad topic. Anything that's necessary for survival, so what, they need to go hunt their food? Yes. Yeah. Hunt. <laughs> but, <laughs> Catch your iguana. No, it's just being silly. But uh, I think... Though, you know what? It, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. You know what they don't need to learn how to do? How to kill a chicken. <laughs> oh, gosh. You want to learn that? I was a part. I was a witness to it. I didn't have to learn it, but I saw it being done. My I've done it. Used- You've done I've it. I've had to pluck chickens. Yeah. <gasps> For agri. My, my father's a oh, countryman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh my god, I we hated that. I've seen it done, and I had to do agricultural science in secondary school. <laughs> oh, that was part gosh. of our, our assessments, people. It's awful, awful, just awful. Yeah, that it was, it's very sad as well. It's very vegetarian. sad. Oh my gosh, you see the thing fluttering around without its head. Yeah, because the blood is still, the heart is still pumping. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this gruesome moment brought to you with the compliments of Carlos <laughs> being exposed to the countryside. <laughs> But I think as parents, though, a skill that we need to have, and I don't know how we can do it. I think I'm open-minded and I guess being exposed to technology 
we're somewhat open to it. But we need to somehow be open to the fact that the children will be living in a different world and mm-hmm. they will be seeing things differently from us and they would probably be going in a different direction yeah. and probably in ways that we can't even understand. So we need to somehow allow the children that space. So for example, I remember in school when you're doing mathematics or something, the teachers always said, you wouldn't be carrying around a calculator with you everywhere you go. And oh, look really? now, look it's now. We, phone, and look now, yeah. you, everyone's carrying around a calculator everywhere they go. Yeah. And nobody could have thought about, right, mm-hmm. when we were in school. Mm-hmm. So things are going to keep changing very rapidly. Yeah. And we just somehow need to be, be able to accept that and be able to accept that our children are going to see things very differently. Mm. You might recall that this season, we wanted you to hear other voices alongside ours. So we reached out to our friends and family to ask for their input. We asked this question. You are preparing your children to live in a society that is vastly different from the one you grew up in. What is one skill that you possess that you think is essential that your child learn? What is one skill that you possess that you think is obsolete? One skill that I possess that I think my children should have in this life is a drive. I think I have drive, the ability to make things happen and to compel and to, from nothing to something, to be able to motivate. What I would like my children to have is to be able to have a relationship with their children, being a person who is very good at having a working relationship. Um, I've always been a hard worker, worked to get anything, I'd, nothing comes easy. And uh, so that's what I want my children to realise, that you have to work if you want something. I also think that that's a skill that is um, more obsolete this day and age. Because as Adrian says, it's like a microwave generation. You want something, you want it now, and you want to get it. You don't necessarily want to put the graft in to get it. Um, one skill I think my, my kids should learn is take what you get and forget what you want. That's a Guyanese saying that means not be entitled, be content. Um, it's quite hard in this life, like when you want to go after things. Um, and when the, you know the, the line is saying it's not the hand that you were dealt for how you play your cards, I think kids these days they kick off and have a hissy fit. Actually, I think it's talking about our kids. Yes, our kids. <laughs> yeah, they have a hissy fit now again with what the hands that they've been dealt, yeah. and they think it's appropriate. Um, and I think um, something that was obsolete but is coming back is is being grateful. You know, um, I think being grateful and kindness is is kind of obsolete. Um, you but know, like you said, with the pandemic, that yeah. made people people understand and be grateful. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. the road that we were going down, it wasn't there. Um, selfish. Yeah, like, yeah selfish. being selfish and mm-hmm. was not good. Um, but yeah, I think they should learn contentment. That's a, like a good skill because it, it it encompasses patience. It encompasses like long term. And um, I think, yeah, being grateful. So one skill I have that I think is still very much relevant and I would want to pass on to my children would be like budgeting, accounting, you know, being able to manage their finances well. And in terms of one that is obsolete, when I was in school, we learned like different ways to sew. This is in form one. (laughs) And chain stitch cross stitch all these things and machines are doing that now right so 
I think that is a bit obsolete. Well, for me, um, one skill that I believe is timeless is uh, the skill of listening. Listening to what people are actually saying right, and understanding. I would like to pass that on to them. And one that is obsolete, I would say, is uh, operating machinery, right? Because uh, technology has evolved and uh, machines are driving themselves, cars are driving themselves now, and I think that will be obsolete in the future. As the world continues to change, and I think people are becoming a lot more self-centered and self-focused and, I guess, self-advertising, I think it would be important for my child or children to learn empathy and to learn to see the world from other people's perspectives and put themselves um, in the shoes of other people and just kind of understand their circumstances, particularly before making decisions that can affect those people. So I think empathy is very important. Hmm. A skill that you would no longer need that would be obsolete. Well, funny enough, driving on a, a stick shift vehicle, a manual vehicle, or better yet, rewinding one's cassette using a pencil. Have you ever had to rewind a cassette with a pencil? Of do you, course. Do you know to do it? <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay. And to um, paste back the the cassette, you know, the the tape inside. When I used to cut and paste. You think really? cut and paste is a, is a new thing? Yeah. I never did that. You never did that. So, you know, sometimes it just gets, um, the tape gets like crushed Twisted, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I used to cut out the part that wasn't good and then paste it back with Q-Tex. Really? You don't know about that? No. What? You know how long I cut in music? <laughs> <laughs> but you know interestingly i think you know the thing about driving stick gear um, or manual vehicles i wish i knew now because here i have to know yeah most of the vehicles here are actually manual but you know of course they were talking about their context in terms of vehicles crazy was saying he doesn't think people would have to drive in the future which mm. is quite interesting because i was listening to this futurist <laughs> It's very interesting how that's a job, eh? Mm. People who just sit down and say what they think technology is going to be about, be like in the future. Anyway, that's a job? Well, it's a title people throw about and they're always on podcasts oh. and, and giving interviews and writing things. I don't know what you do to become, what you study or what you do to become a futurist, but anyway. So he was saying that he thinks in terms of the future, driving would be obsolete as well. So he was saying that in communities, no one would own a car. Mm-hmm. So you know like how you like you're gonna up now and then you would request an Uber and the nearest Uber would come to you and then wherever so he was saying he thinks in the future there'll always be like a fleet of cars around, like oh. in community just driving around or nearby and then whenever you want it you request it and then you get in and then you use it and go. Mm-hmm. Because he was saying it's ridiculously expensive to own a car. Yeah. And the car is parked there for a lot of times, right? Yeah. So and you're still paying money, you're losing money with it being paid with it just being parked there. Which I think is an interesting thought, but right now in my two thousand twenty one brain is like no, suppose not there is a shortage of cars and I need to go somewhere immediately. <laughs> I want to own my car or so, but who knows? Who knows indeed. And you know, it take, I guess it takes me back to um, what it might have been like for people who were riding um, donkey carts to hear somebody say, maybe one day we can be able to just turn on a turn on a donkey cart and it can carry you just yeah. boom and you just press something and it is just carry you somewhere you push a button and you just carry you somewhere and somebody might have said that's crazy are you insane so yeah who knows what the future holds by the way if you like these kinds of conversations i listened to a podcast called build for tomorrow so it was called pessimists archive before and generally it just speaks about things that were new at one point and it speaks of how people and basically fought against them and how people oppose them based on certain notions and now they're just regular things in our everyday life. Maybe I plug this podcast and this podcast at some point before, but <laughs> I really like that podcast. It's a really good thing to listen to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
And now for Therapy Yaps. If you didn't know, my wife is a therapist. I'll ask her to put on her therapist hat and share some pointers with you for how to navigate situations like this that might arise in your relationships. We might be tempted to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to life skills. My children will never have to fill in the blanks. But some of those skills have undoubtedly made us who we are. Perhaps this is something you and your partner might talk about together. What are your life experiences and skills that you've gathered over the years that have helped you to be the person you are today? Are there any things you're doing just because you saw your parents doing them? This makes me think of the little girl who asked her mother, Mommy, why do you cut the bottom off the turkey before you put it in the oven? Her mother said, because that's how my mom did it. The little girl decided to ask her grandma. And she said she also did it because her mother did it that way. Thankfully, her great-grandmother was still alive. So she asked her, Granny, why do you cut the bottom of the turkey off before you put it in the oven? Her grandmother replied, Oh, because the pan was too small. I guess my point is that when you're building your family life and figuring out what you want to pass on to the next generation, it's helpful to consider why do we do the things we do and the potential benefits, if any. It's also important to be willing to walk away from stuff that just doesn't make any sense anymore. How about you? What skills do you want to pass on to your kids? And which ones do you think might not be necessary for them to learn? Thank you for those wise words, babe. You're welcome. And thank you all for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you found this enjoyable, please recommend this podcast to one friend who you know will find it useful. We'd appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for My Wife is a Therapist. You can also send us an email at mywifeisatherapist at gmail.com. We, we look, look forward, forward to, to hearing, hearing from you. you. Finally, to ensure that you do not miss any episodes of this podcast, please be sure to subscribe to My Wife is a Therapist on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to us. And remember, my wife is not just a therapist. She is an excellent therapist. Thank you.